With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. This is the Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk TNT. Welcome, my friends, to today's News Talk. This is the Tyler Nixon Show for February 27th, 2024. It is uh, yesterday was a bright, sunny day, as I noted uh, here in Denver. And I look out my window today and it looks like about six inches of snow. So I guess I spoke too soon, but uh, it's always uh, it's always a winter wonderland, I guess. Uh, uh, fun, fun to see the snow from the outside. I wouldn't want to be out in it right now. It's uh, chilly, but hopefully it's warm wherever you are. Uh, and we've got a good show lined up for you today with a, a guest from Canada, uh, a friend that I've met through um, my work with uh, Laurie Spencer is he is Rick Walker and he does uh, Maverick News up in Canada. He was involved with the trucker convoy and is uh, has got a great show that he does um, and reports on issues, really a lot of American politics, but also obviously uh, Justin Trudeau, the uh, the proto communist uh, dictator of Canada, which um, one of the more odious, I think, politicians around these days, um, particularly through the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, ordeal that we all went through with the way that Canadian citizens were treated. It was just absolutely awful and really unconscionable in many ways um, and worse than we certainly suffered here. Um, I know that uh, there is a uh, a a, uh, a clergyman, I should say, a minister up there named Paulowski who was prosecuted for holding uh, services in violation, I guess, of the Canadians, uh, you know, banning even uh, gatherings for religious purposes. And uh, I had a chance to meet his son, Nathaniel, um, at a uh, Reawaken uh, tour recently, um, well, last year, but um, I'm gonna have him on because I wanna see what updates uh, are, because not only was he being prosecuted, but his son, Nathaniel, as well, uh, for, whatever i think it was for for speaking out against uh the government's uh treatment and uh denouncing the uh you know the, the mandates they had around the vaccines and the shutdowns and so i mean you know as much as we are suppressed and censored here in the united states in many ways uh through the uh the uh, tech oligarchy that runs uh all these major social media platforms it's probably even worse in canada i mean uh i just don't know how the people put up with this and uh, up in Canada, and I'm certainly going to talk to Rick about that uh, and whether they see an end to the uh, Trudeau reign, uh, reign of error really is what it is, um, <clears throat> and whether the Canadian people can start to uh, start to restore their liberties. I mean, they, they have a very different process up there, obviously, and a very different type of government. Um, but it's interesting always to hear their debates um, and hear how they approach it. They're very mild mannered. They don't you don't have as much of the incendiary uh sort of tumult that we have in american politics and they definitely have uh, a certain they don't have a constitution obviously as we do um but they definitely have promulgated laws which are designed to protect their rights uh their human rights actually as they as they would have them and uh it's uh it was sad to see that that uh it you know when something that well when COVID 19 came around it seems like all these people were in place who were perfect for uh perfect for autocratic uh, rule and for really uh, sticking it to everyone uh, and, and asserting these powers that were s totally extraordinary. In our case, uh, in the case of the United States, I believe unconstitutional assertions of power 
being able to shut down businesses and uh, lock people down, breaking up religious services. I mean, it was really a, a, an awful experience for everyone and, and a really an assault on our constitution. And I think it was uh, sort of a beta test of how much they can get away with. You know, how much will people take? How much, how much uh, authority can we just arbitrarily and unilaterally assert uh, over people's lives, businesses, and then even, of course, their bodies uh, when it came down to these uh, these jabs that they wanted everybody to uh, submit to. Otherwise, you're, you know, don't don't bother coming in to, you know, go to school and have classes and, you know, attain your degree. Don't bother coming in for your paycheck, uh, you know, to work and uh, don't bother trying to fly, you know, all this, all this stuff that went down and, you know, it was, uh, I'm just curious what like all the information that was gathered and what the conclusions drawn from that, who, who is, uh, who is really using those uh, as they plan whatever next outrage I'm sure we'll see. And in, in these uh, sort of the creeping attempts to assert tyranny over everyone on the planet uh, that, that uh, the WEF and all these sort of global masterminds would like to see um, occur as they, of course, uh, tell us, you know, it's all for our benefit, but they also need to reduce the population of the planet. And, and they're looking, you know, for depopulation. Um, I mean, you know, depopulation, it, it, it's basically just a euphemism in many ways for genocide. So I'm not sure how these people get away with it, uh, it, it with a straight face anyway. And I think the, uh, they're, they're very much on the, the, uh, the defensive right now because people have uh, awakened uh, no matter what they try to do to suppress information, I think it's kind of one of those deals. It's like the forbidden fruit. Uh, the more they try to push down and tamp down information that people are uh, uh, hungry for and that that speaks truth and that rings true with reality, uh, the more it proliferates and the more it finds ways to uh, to get out there and to get to people and people seek it out. So, uh, you know, it, it it's nothing else if not uh, obviously living through experiences like the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, you know, whatever called phony, uh, phony pandemic, because it never really met <clears throat> even early on. I, I recall, uh, in 2020, uh, just trying to tell people, uh, when this all began. And I, I just, I have to say, I mean, I, at the outset, when I started, started seeing people wearing these, uh, face masks that just tipped me off and just teed me off, um, in a way that I was essentially got my, uh, my rebellious uh, nature really, really fired up because I was, I, you know, thought to myself and, and I told other people, I'm not going to be forced to put a mask across my face. Uh, they don't work as far as, uh, you know, stopping viral transmission. Um, and, you know, I, I took to calling them face diapers, frankly, which is, you know, really what they in many cases became for people who would claim that these were for health and, and would walk around with these filthy, uh, bacteria-laden masks um, that were truly disgusting. I mean, people uh, ended up getting all sorts of conditions and uh, different uh, maladies out of it. Uh, you know, it, it was just it was just awful skin conditions, and I think there was even an increase in uh, dropsy, which is you know a, a sort of lung infection, a bacterial lung infection, and and of course uh, at at that time, I, I just. I don't know what it is. I, I have a sixth sense. You know, some people see dead people. I see BS politicians, frankly. And I just, I instinctively felt at the outset of that pan, uh, pandemic again, uh, which not, never met the definition, at least at every statute I looked at, that this was just a contrived 
uh, you know, for whatever reason, it just felt very contrived and and not so much that the, uh, you know, obviously it was, it was a real, uh, an actual virus and it did cause people, uh, uh, you know, did kill people just as frankly, the influenza virus does and has for every flu season, as they call it for the last, I don't know, God, how many, how many decades. And, uh, but I felt that their reaction to it was entirely too, uh, you know, there's certain events, I guess, that, that occur where, when they're instantly ready with this like party line, when everybody's chanting the same thing from the authoritarian side of things, you know that this is not just simply like, a, it's not simply a, a reaction to an event. It's not a natural organic thing. It's something that's been planned on a certain level uh, and that they, they basically are falling into line with uh, in terms of the rhetoric, in terms of what is acceptable and this has been an increasingly been the case over the last, uh, say, uh, half a decade to maybe decade or so, where you see these events happen uh, that that are of great public consequence, whether it be in the case of the you know pandemic, an actual health uh, issue, or something like January sixth, where an event happens, and first of all, they make it. I mean, it is obviously an historic event in the sense that. Uh, things got out of hand in the terms of a, a protest and a riot and i firmly believe that it wasn't just that they organically or naturally got out of hand they were stoked and and absolutely planned that way by people who are uh, agents provocateur who wanted a pretext to stop the count that was going on or excuse me not the count but the uh, objections that were going to be lodged shortly after uh, you know this this whole thing kicked off and but the point is the point i'm trying to make i guess is that immediately when that happened just as i think when the when we began to hear uh, about the uh, covid 19 virus and immediately when they began putting out the information it wasn't sort of questioning seeking uh, answers it was it was like as if they had a prepared ready-made script uh, which was very specifically targeted towards a certain ideology or certain ideological bent i should say and immediately it was parroted across the board in all sort of legacy, now propaganda, in my opinion, mainstream so-called outlets. So immediately, and when COVID-19, it was, you know, mask up and, you know, get the jab, well, eventually, you know, get the jab or get, get, you, get your, are you, you know, are you vaccinated in this kind of thing. Um, in January 6th, it was insurrection, right? Like literally, I mean, I don't think the people were clear out of the Capitol yet when they uh, were, the entire uh, across the board corporate propaganda media was calling it an insurrection. They were talking about what, you know, the, the feigning couches were brought out and they were absolutely uh, apoplectic about the assault on our democracy and what an affront it was. Uh, you know, the same people who were cheering on Black Lives Matter and Antifa as they ran around the country uh, the previous summer, like hooligans, you know, setting things on fire, burning down businesses, just trashing cities. Uh, and even assaulting the White House in a way that was probably more serious and far more serious of an actual violent assault on any government institution than anything that happened at the Capitol. Um, but they had that ready-made line. And of course, we've been, they've been hammering it ever since, you know, Jace, I mean, to the point of two years of phony investigations, I guess they, the uh, Russian collusion BS had uh, run its course and Donald Trump had been uh, had been you know, illegitimately, in my opinion, replaced by uh, the resident of the United States, uh, Joe Biden. So they proceeded to, to burn off two years with their J6 uh, fantasy uh, world, 
nonsense witch hunt committee. Uh, and of course, prosecuting all these poor people who are sitting in prison now, still to this day, even um, in DC, uh, for political, what are political crimes, if not just outright fabricated manufactured offenses. And, uh, you know, the, 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 this sort of, uh, uh, the way they galvanize the propaganda, it becomes, I think most people are waking up to how obvious it becomes. Um, you know, I think it, maybe I, I certainly have been a, an observer of American politics and generally what I would call, I guess, the, the sort of the conventional wisdom, the discourse over many, many years. And I've seen it shift. But what I've also seen is uh, I've been, I'm able to notice when, again, there's a particular, uh, whether it be a, I, I would call it the line, you know, the party line, there's a particular sort of set of, again, factual, uh, well, supposedly factual uh, uh, data points, whatever you want to call them, that they want reinforced. And just generally the narrative, I guess you could call it, that they want to uh, to be accepted and to be uh, adopted and embraced as reality. And even when it isn't, it doesn't matter because that's what they're going from. And they're going to continue to go from that, uh, you know, until finally it just utterly collapses, usually discredited when they finally can't keep all the the truth suppressed for much longer and it starts to come out um but you know they i think they're they're what the the controllers the sort of the control freak um over uh overseers the masterminds the, the globalist types what they want is they're they're developing i think this um it, it's sort of a paradigm or a basic uh a scheme uh by which they know that if they sort of put all uh, all hands on deck in terms of the propaganda machine and and the social media um, algorithm, uh, algorithmic censorship, whatever, they can push out uh, a narrative and which is a, a, a again, it's 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 so cynical because what they're saying to you with when they talk about a narrative is they're going to narrate reality to you as if your eyes and you know senses aren't enough to to. Uh, to inform you of what's going on in the world around you or, or that you can't read, you know, just straight factual news accounts. You know, they've got to narrate it to you, uh, you know, narrate being uh, their voices, their their ideological uh, viewpoints, uh, basically giving you, uh, informing that, that uh, description of what's going on. But they push out this narrative, uh, you know, it's sort of everybody's on board with it it's parroted in in almost exactly in, in many cases on some of these newscasts identical language repeating over and over the same uh deal and of course identifying their enemies or those who would oppose it and demonizing them or vilifying them in some way um and you know treating them as though they're somehow heretics or apostates to the cult uh if you know if you dared uh, oppose vaccines. I mean, look at what people people were removed entirely from from major social media platforms, blotted from the face of the earth as far as the cyber or cyberspace goes. And I think that this is unfortunately um, this is their plan. But at the same time, and then of course, what inevitably happens is the truth. I mean, the truth tellers are out there. What they can't suppress, what percolates up, takes so long. It takes like you know, it's, I think it's probably taken two years in the wake of the uh, the COVID nineteen uh whatever you want to call it I, I pandemic i mean i hate to use the word i guess for lack of a better word i'll use it but um finally the truth starts coming out and you see all of the deaths related to uh vaccine well vaccine injuries vaccine deaths vaccine related deaths 
uh, all the excess deaths occurring in younger categories of people and all the information and data uh, finally comes out. But since there's no, it isn't this uh, overriding conversation or narrative that's going on, um, it, it really, it doesn't feel like, oh, the information, you, you can't really uh, gauge, you know, whether everybody's gotten this information or whether uh, large masses, you know, majority of people who are paying attention anyway, have been disabused of the BS that was fed to them over, you know, whatever, two years before. Uh, and this is the case with January 6th, I think. I mean, it's plenty has come out to show, uh, you know, just not least was as these federal officials testifying on Capitol Hill who refused or or could not answer or would not answer the question of were there federal agents on the ground there? Did they in any way uh, involve themselves or, or participate in or commit uh, any sorts of crimes or, or, or uh, um, sort of incite any sorts of crimes? And they wouldn't answer that. All that sort of information um, is, uh, there's no way to gauge whether it's gotten out. But I mean, I think generally when you see the uh, trends that people of each time someone gets a piece of information who was uh sort of asleep maybe i guess is the word and and had had listened to that to that narrative and had uh believed it when they see it blown up and just all it takes is usually one data point to realize you know I, that they've been totally lied to totally manipulated for them to uh turn around uh and and become not necessarily activists but no longer just reliable uh, you know, manipulable votes or or uh, bodies for the uh, the political establishment and for all their uh, their sandbagging and embedding themselves and and this is what we hope will be the case that it's just it's a slow process. Um, they may be able to uh, you know run these massive campaigns and narratives and propaganda uh, blitzes to um, sort of snowball everybody, but um, slowly and inexorably the truth comes out and people awaken. And uh, the more people are awake, uh, I don't think they're going back to sleep, particularly when they know what's uh, what we're up against. And we will discuss that uh, and more with my guest coming up here, Rick Walker, uh, from the Canada side of things, our friends to the north. And we'll see whether uh, whether he feels the same and uh, that, that it's a slow process, but we will ultimately overcome uh, this tyranny that's been uh, creeping into our lives uh, for far too long now. You're watching The Tyler Nixon Show here on today's News Talk, where we're lighting the fuse for freedom. Stay with us. TNT's Alex Zaharoff-Royd. Now, we'll no doubt see many more such efforts arriving from all the major AI players, and it won't be long before some kid or anyone in their basement or bedroom is creating the next big TV or movie hit, disrupting TV and movie studios forever. Yes, direction and production will be issues, and there will be many amateurish attempts, but people won't just be making hit music at home anymore, but hit entertainment, all simply by asking AI models the right questions and then editing it all together. Talking Tech with Alex Zaharoff-Royd on today's News Talk TNT. A better business tip from TNT Radio. News Talk Radio listeners are some of the most active and involved listeners of any format. TNT Radio listeners rely on TNT Radio often as their primary source of information. They trust TNT Radio and are highly engaged with the content. If you'd like more information about advertising on TNT Radio, simply fill out your details on our contact page and we'll be in touch. To find out more, go to tntradio.live. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never 
censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored news. Today's news talk radio, TNT. TNT is truly a platform for free speech, free minds, and free spirits. And uh, it's absolutely true that there's no censorship. There's no uh, curating of the of the hosts or what they say or the guests, for that matter. Um, and it, it's uh, it, it's a wonderful thing. And and one of the things that I mentioned yesterday when I had a little uh, monologue was talking about the growth of independent voices that uh, people have access to, that have access to uh, communications where we're not just stuck with the uh, the large corporate uh, broadcasts as we were, say, 30 years ago, where you could all you could do is basically yell at your TV um, as they they passed along the pablum that uh, um, that sort of fed everyone's or in many ways emptied everyone's heads. Um, and one of these uh, one of these uh, great new uh, well. Not, not necessarily new, been around for a while in the business, but has become a, uh, an independent voice and uh, a, a, uh, an independent uh, activist in many ways for free speech and for what's right is uh, Rick Walker. And I've met Rick through uh, our good friend, mutual friend, Laurie Spencer, and they do Strange Bedfellows together, which is a, um, a great uh, show where they sort of, th this, the uh, name speaks for itself, Politics Makes Strange Bedfellows. And uh, Rick is, uh, Rick is a passionate man, and I, I really enjoy. I've I've been watching uh, some of his broadcasts, and it's it's great stuff. It's just real, and he covers so many different topics. Rick, welcome to the Tyler Nixon Show. It's a privilege to be here. Thank you, Tyler. No, it's my my honor to have you, my friend. Well, uh, I I sort of alluded to your your background. Why don't you just uh, introduce yourself real quick and give us your your background, uh, uh, however you want to present it. I've been in media all my life, started out as a, you know, with a kid making super eight millimeter films. So that tells you how old I am. Wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, studied journalism, politics, economics, got into uh, the news business with CTV. I was there for over 25 years in Canada, did uh, some radio, some print, uh, some documentary work, things like that, and uh, left the mainstream media maybe 10 or 12, maybe, maybe even longer ago, years than that, and went independent. I've been producing an automotive television program and got uh, resurrected a, a news platform, Maverick News Online, when the Freedom Convoy took hold in Canada, because I recognized at that point during the pandemic that we needed to bring independent voices back to the forefront or to the forefront uh, in the face of government overreach and government control of the corporate media. So that's what I did while the convoy was rolling. I got a friend of mine and uh, brought him on board and we, we brought this news platform that I tried to, I resurrected it because I tried to start it when YouTube was basically first coming online, but it was too early. There was no way to, to make it a viable operation. And so it was just sitting there dormant and, uh, all I did was just turn it back on and it exploded uh, during the convoy. So from there, we've we've progressed. And here we are today with uh, with a platform that does, I hope, give a voice to many people who otherwise would be voiceless. Well, that's great. And I have to say, I have so many questions. First, uh, you're a native, you're a native Canadian. You grew up in Canada, basically. You're just you know born and raised kind of thing. I am a Canuck raised okay. on maple syrup. Yes, sir. 
So um, you mentioned you brought it out. Was there any political impetus uh, or sort of ideological behind when you originally formed Maverick News? I mean, were you, did you feel like there was a dearth of good outlets with independent voices or was it just something you felt was a was a market opportunity? I'm just curious. Um, it, you know, it, given was, it was my commitment to, to free speech, free media. I uh, that's that's why I got into journalism when I was young, uh, I felt that it was uh, a cornerstone of democracy. I saw what the government was do doing during the pandemic. I mean, I have to confess, I was enraged. Uh, the lockdowns, the the suspension of, of civil rights, the uh, just the, the overreach, the, the mandates, it was a complete violation of our constitution, our charter of rights and freedoms in Canada. I saw similar things happening in the United States. When that convoy started to roll, I also saw that the and I saw during the pandemic that the mainstream media was in the bag, that they weren't being truthful, that they were um, they'd, they'd become a mouthpiece for government. And our liberal government in Canada has been paying them off with taxpayer dollars through grants and subsidies, millions and millions of dollars. So they're not in they're certainly not an independent voice. And when that convoy was rolling, I felt that it was important to share the live streams out, to add context and show as much as we possibly could unedited to hold all sides accountable and to display as much truth as we possibly could within the context of showing truth through um, through the Internet and, and video windows. But I knew we couldn't rely on mainstream media anymore. That's why I did it. That's it. That's it's not that I did it as a business consideration and what i didn't see it as an opportunity to make a bunch of money i didn't have super chats i didn't have you know there was no i didn't do it for any funding no donations nothing during that entire period it was just my your public service you're right right yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. your co contribution to the to the cause i mean which is you know we all share which is to be free not to be the subjects of some authoritarian tyranny and obviously uh you know i'm always fascinated by canada because you you guys you know you all are so similar to us in so many ways i mean you know just i mean you probably wouldn't know if you were suddenly transported to the middle of a canadian city you wouldn't be able to tell you're not necessarily in the united states i mean you might see some french i guess uh so you know but otherwise just uh, as things go as i mean the, the infrastructure the everything is, is all very similar yet you have a totally different government and it's obviously it was on you know it's under the crown uh of the uh united kingdom but you mentioned uh now you you don't have a i, I said you don't have a constitution but you do have what's called you said the charter of rights and what, what is it oh but we do have a constitution actually oh you do okay oh well, then i stand corrected Abs okay absolutely in fact well I that's why right, that's why i have right here all right very handy <laughs> although you would you would you would not know it listening to some people who will tell you that Canada isn't a real country. It absolutely is. Um, <laughs> we, who says uh, that? Oh, there are many who would advocate for, you know, a, a different common law system. They, there are people who would like to de decouple from the monarchy and, and that's fine. I mean, some people would like to do that. Um, there's just a lot. There's a, there's a growing movement out there that will tell you that it's a myth that Canada isn't a real sovereign state, but we indeed, are and then in addition to this i believe it was in 1982 or 80 yeah we were we we, we patriated the the constitution and then we have the charter of rights and freedoms added 
So that's okay. on top of this. Yeah. So when when the, when the Constitution was promulgated, when for Canada? Um, well, it was. Let me check the date here. Because it was uh, obviously we had um, the BNA. It looks very, it looks very cool though that with a big yeah. seal on the front. <laughs> See, it started as the British North America Act in 1867, and then in okay. the 1980s, uh, it was patriated by Pierre Elliott Trudeau. So we basically did, in a way, become independent from the Crown in the 1980s, and then we added the Charter of uh, Rights and Freedoms on top of that. But the problem during the pandemic and what the convoy was really all about is that the government used section one in the charter of rights and freedoms which says that basically if there's a real emergency the government can just take that and do an end run around it in the in the interests of the collective or or the the greater good of the of the citizens that's me paraphrasing that's not the exact wording obviously but um yeah they basically took it and just threw it in the trash bin so they could do whatever they wanted and that's the problem with the charter is that is that first section in it that gives hold, the government that power. Hold that. Hold that thought, Rick. We're going to get a quick news bulletin in here um, and then we'll return to this conversation. I'm going to ask you about Pierre Trudeau, Justin's father and the differences there. And uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll further this conversation. This is the Tyler Nixon show here on today's news talk. Stay with us. TNT Radio News. Are you ready for some awesome news? Yes. One, two, three, four. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Israel Defense Forces carried out airstrikes targeting Hezbollah positions north of Beirut, reaching into Lebanese territory. Lawyers for Florida and Texas argued before the Supreme Court that the state should have the authority to regulate how social media platforms moderate content. Hamas, the Palestinian terror organization, has rejected a new proposal for releasing the remaining Israeli hostages, as per Israeli media reports. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk this is TNT Radio. Right back into it with my guest, Rick Walker, uh, a, a native of Canada and the proprietor of maverickNews.ca. And we're discussing the uh, the Charter of Rights. And you mentioned Pierre Trudeau has having, you said, repatriate or patriated the uh, the actual Constitution. And yeah. but first, you mentioned that the section that has been that was wildly abused by his son, Justin. Uh, well, mm -hmm. Some some say he's not his actual son. Some suggest that uh, Justin Trudeau is, is Fidel Castro's son. Now I'm gonna. I, I want you to obviously, and if you, I'm sure you've heard that, right? Have you heard? Oh yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, so what do you just real quick? What do you think of that? But then also, I want to want to uh, get your thoughts on the comparison uh, between the two the two politicians. You know, the father and the son, and whether I mean I don't remember Pierre Trudeau. I don't think he's a liberal. But I didn't think he was like on the order of I mean, he seems like uh, if, if you were to say who's who's uh, Justin's real dad, I would say based on his actions, Fidel Castro is more his father. Either one. Uh, Pierre Trudeau was a communist. Uh, really? In his, in his younger days. Okay. Oh, yes. He he um, 
you can find all kinds of references to it. Uh, he, you know, his his travels worldwide, his meetings with communist leaders, uh, his what he wrote about, and there is documentation where he talks about needing to get get involved with the Liberal Party and basically infiltrate it in order yeah. to yep. bring that agenda forward. And that's what it, we it, got with with him in the 1960s and 70s. It's is a very it, it, progressive it, thing. Yeah. The, I mean, doesn't that seem the case that, that this has always been true of these proto-communist or, or fascist uh, leaders that we get foisted on us, that they always have these roots in these radical leftist, uh, and, and, and then they realize, well, I've got to don, don the garb, you know, don the costume of being a, a just a, a moderate uh, a moderate left um, leader. And of course, you know, as soon as they get in power, boom. I mean, uh, was this the case with Justin? Was he, did he pose himself as some sort of centrist or moderate, or, or was it obvious from the beginning with him? No, it it uh, that's exactly what happened with him. I remember him being challenged by a reporter in a scrum, you know, as he was first trying to get elected as as uh, the prime minister. And he said, oh, wait a minute, you know, uh, don't uh, uh, the people around got very upset. And he said, no, no, wait, he, conservatives are not our enemies. They're our neighbors. And I thought, wow, maybe he is OK. After all, I wasn't going to vote for him, but because I was very yeah. skeptical. But then once he got into power, then now we have all these new censorship laws. In fact, there's a, a brand new piece of legislation called the Online Harms Act um, that was just introduced yesterday. Another one on top of two other major pieces of uh, legislation that could put people in jail for life. Now, under this new piece of legislation, if you're saying something online that might be considered harmful to a particular minority group i guess i have to study it more to understand all the 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 details of it but that's essentially where it's going yeah that's i mean it's just almost inconceivable that a, a modern western uh democracy or or in whatever you call it a democratic society would would even consider these kinds of things i mean this is like orwellian thought police thought crime stuff and yet there they are. I mean, and, and it seems like your parliament is, I mean, what is, can you break down the, the uh, consistency of the parliament? I mean, has there been any, uh, I don't, you know, what, what your uh, regularity of elections is? I mean, have the people, are the people just, just basically going along with this or is there any, I mean, I know there's pushback and we can talk about the truckers convoy further, but I'm just curious, are, has there been any shift based on this, this sort of oppression? A portion of the population very upset about it, obviously. I'd say the more conservative side of the political spectrum is concerned about it. But right now we have a liberal government that's propped up because it's it, the way it works in Canada is we have like a minority government with Trudeau. So the only way he can stay in power to have enough votes for each piece of legislation that comes comes into play is to have support from other parties. So he has right. an agreement with the new Democratic Party, which is a pretty far left socialist party that's never been elected federally, and they're propping him up. And so that has moved what is was already a very left wing progressive agenda with the liberals, even further left with the NDP. And that's why we're getting, I think, such radical uh, ideas and legislation the electric vehicle mandates environment minister who is an environmental radical saying you know that they're not going to build roads in canada anymore no new roads <laughs> at all 
that that that's just within the last couple of weeks. That's just one example of many. And then the censorship is just off the charts now. Uh, and yeah, a lot of people are very concerned about it. But I'd say the problem in Canada is that there's a a real complacency, um, apathy. People, as long as they're able to go to the grocery store, get their bag of, of you know Lay's potato chips, and watch Netflix. Most people are kind of disengaged, right? I think you right. probably have some of that in the in the U.S. as well. Oh, for sure, for sure. And 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 I think you know, Canada is. I mean, America was founded by obviously rebels. I mean, you know, throwing off the chains of government. I think there's always been that spirit here. Canada obviously is uh, not to say that there aren't people who I've seen some very uh, uh, Reverend Polowski. And in fact, I mentioned uh, I don't know if you you're familiar with his case. He's I met his. Show, yeah. Yeah. Yes, I met his son actually at the uh, reawaken uh, uh, tour and talked to him. And, and as I understand, it, they're prosecuting his son as well for for speaking out and defending his father. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. and this is like, you know, I I mean, un, unspeakable in in my opinion, the what they did breaking up, you know, his religious services and prosecuting persecuting a minister, a man of the That's cloth. Right. I mean, who's simply yeah. saying you you don't have the authority to do this. You're Nazis, calling them what they are. And it's uh, it's very troubling because you would hope that I would have thought, you know, we would have had reinforcements sort of up at, up north. And certainly just for, you know, I think, you know, that all of the uh, American liberty advocates and people, you know, we are one with you all in Canada. And, and there's a great support, I think, for the United States, and at least in terms of vocally, whatever have you uh, for the truckers convoy. I mean, I think it was inspirational. I mean, it's like they you guys took it to the next level. In the sense that you know that that maybe the United States doesn't lend itself, although we did see a little um, a sort of a rumble of the, that there might have been something. Well, they had a they, a convoy down to the border, but also um, the truckers talking about not delivering to New York City based on uh, the the tyrannical, uh, uh, arbitrary uh, dictations of this judge that uh, has uh, you know gone after Donald Trump. Obviously, um, let me ask you this. Uh, the, well, I was going to say the, the uh, you mentioned the coalition sort of that the Trudeau's put together, which really is just the de it's like the Democrat Party in the United States. If the Democrat Party were just broken out into its like far left, corporate left, you know, a fascist whatever uh, constituents, it would probably look like your your government up there. But um, is is there? I mean, are they? I mentioned elections. I mean, do you see any path to getting rid of Trudeau or to replacing him? I mean, are there any leaders on the? Uh, Go ahead. Yeah, he's Trudeau. I've said is the worst prime minister in Canadian history. He could have been the most loved. All he had to do was during the convoy, come out and speak to the people. If he had just done that today, he'd be in a very different place. But right now, people are so upset with him. He is he is probably the most hated prime minister in the history of the country, just despised. Everywhere he goes now, he is greeted by mobs of people who showed, showed at him, showed him down. It, it is unbelievable. I've never seen anything like it. Do I see a path to getting rid of him? Maybe, yes. I think the next election, he's probably going to be gone. The polls certainly suggest that. We have mm. to have an election constitutionally by early 2025. I think we will probably end up going to the polls earlier than that. Our system works different than yours. The prime minister gets to choose uh, a date for an election. Um, 
depending on certain circumstances or situations. It's just a slightly different system. So he could have an election within months if he wanted to. He'll pick a strategic time when he thinks it's right to go, but he can only stay in power so long, and then he has to go back to the people for a new mandate. Right. That has to happen by 2025. And I think when we do go to the polls and people people vote, he'll be gone. We'll probably end up with a majority conservative government under the new conservative leader, Pierre Polyev, who right now is riding a wave of popularity. Rick, we've got to take a, a quick commercial break here. Uh, you're watching The Tyler Nixon Show here on today's News Talk, where we're lighting the fuse for freedom. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. There's an old Southern proverb here in the United States that the ones doing the accusing are usually the ones doing the doing. The bard put it a little more eloquently, methinks thou doth protest too much. But pretty much any time you see people smearing Donald Trump, for example, you can pretty much bet your bottom dollar that they're the ones that are guilty from everything of which they accuse him. Starting war, being a dictator on day one, all of the lies heaped upon Donald Trump, all the fear-mongering, all the panic they're trying to engender. We're, we have to save democracy. How exactly? By destroying democracy? By being totalitarian? By breaching civil rights? No. I'm sticking with Granny on the front porch. Those doing the accusing are usually those doing the doing. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea. For today's News Talk, TNT. Hi, I'm Abel. I often forget to mention that he's an amputee because Abel will try any activity he can. My arm helps me with basically everything. He doesn't see what he can't do, he sees what he can do. Yeah, this is helping. The War Amps has just given him the ability to do all the activities every kid can do. When you donate to the War Amps, you help kids like me. Thank you! Speaking on the issues that impact, Tyler Nixon on TNT. Don't forget, after this, uh, after the Tyler Nixon show every day, on comes the State of the Nation with my good friends Brian Hesher-McLean and Steve Hook. An excellent two-hour carousel of very compelling guests and great interviews. Um, yeah, I learn something every time I watch the show. Uh, there's some new bit of information, some someone new that uh, you'll discover. Uh, you definitely should catch that. Uh, it's the flagship, I, I call it the flagship of, of uh, uh, today's news talk. And uh, it will be airing immediately following the Tyler Nixon Show. Back into my conversation with uh, Rick Walker of Maverick News. Uh, in Canada. So uh, you mentioned uh, Trudeau will likely be gone, but what what will come of of Justin after that? Will he will he become like a Barack Obama sort of figure still in the background, manipulating and pulling strings and, you know, insinuating himself where he likes? Uh, or do you think he'll try to make a comeback? I mean, he's a relatively young man. Uh, is, is the monster slain or will he uh, will he rise again? Within the Liberal Party, there are those who are trying to push him out now, but he is young. And in Canada, that Trudeau name, that's like royalty up here because of the popularity of his father. So that's what that's what he uh, he was able to use that to, to get into power. He'll be around 
no question about it. It works differently up here in Canada as well. There's no limit to the amount of time somebody can be prime minister and he could come back and be prime minister again in the future. He'll be he'll be around. Oh, geez. He'll be gone oh, as well. the leader. He'll be gone for a while. I just think because he's young, he'll yeah. make a comeback. And and clearly he lusts for power. So I don't, I don't know how long he can stay away unless you find some third world country he can you know, move in and become dictator like a, like a Fujimori or something. Um, you may need to because he's so unpopular. Yeah. Well, and, and that's not going away. I mean, when you impact lives the way they, that he did and you, when you invoke the powers they did and go after people's bank accounts and things, I mean, well, let me ask you this, uh, that trucker convoy, I mean, I, we were, everyone was shocked at the extent to which they were willing to, uh, to, uh, frankly, just uh, destroy people's lives or freeze assets, all these sorts of extraordinary that you do with like, uh, the only see in the case of like organized criminals and like cartel heads and things like that. You were part of that. And, and you said, you know, give us the story of how Maverick News, you know, sort of coupled to that. And were you subject to any of that at uh, any of those emergency powers? No, I wasn't because I wasn't physically there. Uh, okay. There was, you know, no connection to me to any of these groups or anything in that way so i've been you know separate not everybody was affected but some of the key figures certainly were and that had a major impact and for a while it seemed like it was hopeless like what are you going to do now some of these people like tamara lich chris barber they went to jail some of them went to jail for months or if not years in some cases but and almost I, almost I, immediately I, as well isn't that i mean it was oh, like yes. where they were yeah. like detained right there and held not and, not and, in a, and the charges were only things like mischief right because they couldn't really they couldn't come up with anything more substantive even though the government used what is called up here uh, the emergencies act which in 1988 was really just the war measures act renamed and reworked a little bit to make it sound a little softer and kinder but no it's it's the war measures act that's why i said the day justin trudeau invoked the emergencies act that was the day canada died because he went to war with his own people that's yeah. how far reaching that was and it's disgusting and it seemed like it was hopeless but i'll tell you it's not things have have shifted the tide has turned and now a lot of these people just within this the last couple of weeks have started to launch new lawsuits because there was a federal court ruling just a few weeks ago that the, this Judge Mosley ruled that the use, the way the government used that Emergencies Act was unconstitutional. And, and I kept telling everybody, just be patient. Wait, we have this and the system is meant to self-correct. It just takes time and it is happening. And there's now just because of that court ruling, now you're getting this whole flood of lawsuits against the federal government from people who had their bank accounts frozen or went to jail or suffered other terrible injustices at the hands of the Trudeau regime. Well, you're, you're putting a smile on my face, Rick, I have to say, and, and you know, the, turning the frown upside down, I guess you could say, because you're speaking my language in terms of one thing that I've detected or that I've at least been able to glean about the Canadian system is that even though your your political system might be less reactive to uh, to, to popular movements, you know, for free liberty movements, meaning it's uh, it seems to be you have like a very uh, 
it's stable, but it's also in many ways ossified government. Um, and and again, getting rid of a prime minister is, is not really it's something you have that has to be has to really almost reach the proportions of Justin Trudeau, the, the, the revile that's held for him. But one of the things I noticed, though, whenever I've seen a decision come out of the Canadian courts is that the Canadian judges, although I'm sure that there's been some outlandish decisions, maybe perhaps around the transgender, you know, and trans kind of thing, um, that they vary, they, they don't, uh, you know, in the United States, we have, let's face it, I mean, I think, unfortunately, our judiciary has been corrupted, where they have partisan judges who don't give a hoot for the Constitution or, or essential rights, and they will just, you know, as the J6 defendants are finding out in the D.C. District Court. Um, but we have a patchwork, of course, but, I, you know, I found that Canadian judges, they're, they're going to hew to that Constitution. They're going to hew to those rights uh, and are pretty logical and, and you know, are not going to just sort of fabricate ways uh, to, to get around it or exceptions for any sort of political expediency. Can you tell, you know, does that sound correct? I mean, give me a sense of uh, of the courts up there and whether I'm um, um, accurate. I think you're accurate. Many would disagree. I think people who are involved politically on one side or the other, if they win something, it's a good system. If they lose, it's corrupt. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that's true of every, everywhere. I don't think there's anyone on but, earth that isn't the case, but you know. But I have I have I have faith in the system. I do. Other people want to tear it all down and replace it with something else. The problem is I, I don't see really anybody out there providing a real that they can't tell you what they're going to replace it with. Right. And I, as I say, I'm we're already seeing because of this a path forward and and the pendulum is swinging about swinging back. So give it a little more time. It's going to take time. People have to be patient. It's just the way things work. Amen. I mean, I like I think people, you know, they run around with their hair on fire because things look look bleak. But it's uh, I guess Mark Twain had said, or maybe it was Will Rogers. You know, the the uh, lies halfway around the world before the truth gets his boots on. And I think they need, you know, we're up against institutional forces. I mean, these are people who have crept into positions of power. They have the resources, but ultimately, ultimately, I don't care where it is. The the people have the power just by sheer numbers and by the ability to organize. And you know, short of like actual physical military repression of of a, of a populace, they can never uh, suppress us for for long. Before you know, we're our, you know our boots are on and we're marching. And you know the question is uh, how stubbornly are they going to stick to their uh, their their globalist uh, designs and their desires to subvert constitutions, to subvert democratic means of uh, electing, you know, and Republican means of governance. And unfortunately, it feels like we've, we're dealing with an almost uh, generational psychopathy in certain politicians of that generation. Barack Obama being one, I think Trudeau, where it's like they don't have a, they don't have a sense of any i mean they they i almost feel like they feel like they have a divine right to power and that they are so brilliant and educated and refined that you know just us us great unwashed should not dare cross their paths and they're going to dig into the bitter end and it will be bitter but it will not be bitter for us it will be bitter for them um as far as canada's future goes and you know you, i mean i oh i wanted to ask you real quick because because I, I really enjoyed uh is it joseph lenard is, is, oh yes, is, yes, yes, yeah. So he's he's yes. one of the Maverick News guests, and uh, you know where do you draw from? Like who who is in your network of um, of? Do you have rotating guests? Because I, I your guys, I mean, literally went on for 
uh, a couple, few hours and I was just, I was great. It was such a fun conversation. I, no, I seriously enjoyed it. Yeah, He's, yeah. he was a hoot. Um, yeah. so where do, where do you, uh, like what's, do you have a personal network or is it, you built up a, a network for the network? <laughs> yeah. In some cases it's people that I've known from over the years, uh, you know, old newspaper reporters in the case of Joseph, he just wrote a book. And I just became aware of this new book he had written. I invited him on as a guest. And as a result of that, he's been on the program, what, two or three times. So, you know, that's that's where that came from. Uh, and I have people on with a wide range of views. I'll have communists on. I'll have conservatives. I have uh, socialists, liberals. I've had people on from across the political spectrum. Uh I'm all about free speech and exploring all these different ideas. Well, I think the burning question for all Canadians is when will we see the Walker for Prime Minister campaign launch? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, a lot of people say that to me. Why don't you run for office? Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to do. I'm trying to serve people the best way I can, and my expertise is in media. So. Yeah. I, I thought I, I think this, people this is the best thing for me to do. Yeah, I, people who say that, I don't think they understand how different it is to be in politics and to, to have to be in that grind versus being able to be someone who is, a you know, an opinion maker, a commentator, a news person or, or uh, out there, you know, free. I mean, you have you're free from these. I mean, you're very much when you get when you get into politics, I mean, the tentacles just begin wrapping themselves around you to where, you know, I mean, this is unfortunately this is an evil of the system that. You know, there's so many interests competing that that want your attention they want your vote they want your support and they want to own you that it makes it difficult i mean you're to, for, you know people don't realize some of these politicians who speak out um they have to be in very unique circumstances uh whether they're very secure in in their district save you know as, as an institutional uh you know a longtime politician or that they're you know a republican in a massively republican district that will tolerate it but i mean you know, to, to step out on that ledge when you've got so many people to account for in terms of representing them, if you're serious about your job, uh, is, a, is a real tightrope to walk, not to mention the repetitive in the United States cycle of fundraising and running for reelection every two years. Um, it, it really makes it, uh, it's not a, it's not an easy job. So people say that lightly. It's like, okay, um, no, I think I'll stick with, with, with this, you know, being able to influence them uh, with public opinion and to, to voice public opinion, which I'm sure you certainly do. Um, so uh, looking to Canada's future, do you see a lot of young people getting involved in politics up there? And we've only got a minute and a half or so left. So I'm optimistic. I believe in the people. Yes, younger people, I think, are more engaged now than they ever had been before, probably because of the pandemic and the authoritarian overreach that we've seen from the government. So there is rising concern and rising awareness. So that that gives me um, a lot of hope for the future. And um, I see more and more people getting involved and we have an election just on the horizon. So I'm looking forward to that and holding Justin Trudeau and the liberals accountable at the at the polls. Amen to that. Now, last minute, your predictions, November 2024, United States presidential election. Trump. Who wins? Trump. Trump. Okay. Now, do you think Trump's going to win? I think he's wow. going to win. Okay, yeah. well, it'll be close, but it'll be him. Great news from our northern friends. My guest today, Rick Walker, maverickdews.ca. Check him out. Rick, thank you so much for joining us and keep up the great fight up there. Thank you, sir. My, my privilege. 
Outstanding. We'll have you back again to uh, let us know what's going on up to the north. This has been the Tyler Nixon Show for February 27th, 2024, here on today's News Talk. Stay tuned for State of the Nation coming up next. Lighting the fuse for freedom. TNT. TNT.